Celebrate Halloween with dressed up donuts from Dunkin', like the spooky sweet Halloween spider donut. Trick or treat! Aren't you a little bit old to be trick or treating? Uh, no. This is, uh, it's just a really good uh, costume. Anyway, I hear you're giving out Dunkin' Spider Donuts? Didn't I just see you with your kid? No, that was just, uh, my friend. Psst, Dad, is it working? Run to Dunkin' all month long for the Halloween Spider Donut and get 10 Munchkin's Donut Hole Treats for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Limited time offer. Participation may vary. Are you in need of an encouraging word to start your day? Do you need someone to pray in agreement with you? Here at Restoration Christian Ministries, we offer our daily prayer call. Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Eastern Time, where members of our ministry team will lift you up as you head out into the course of your day. The phone number for our prayer call is 641-715-3645, and the PIN number to dial is 500-765, followed by the pound key. Be encouraged and stay encouraged with our daily prayer call at 641-715-3645. Don't forget to press 500-765 and the pound key for our prayer call at Restoration Christian Ministries. This week at Restoration Place. We've got to make sure that the message goes on to the next generation of what we went through to get the victory because if we do not, the next generation, they won't get it. They will not understand the relevance of it. They won't understand the importance of it. Praise God for whom all blessings flow. Welcome to this place of restoration. of Restoration Christian Ministries, John Baysmore Jr. As I was contemplating everything that had gone on uh, last week, and as we're moving forward, I was talking to Trey about just some of the things that I perceive, you know, as your pastor, and some of the things that I'm looking, um, just looking at. I don't just, I understand that we're in warfare. So when you're in warfare, you know, me being an ex-military man, I know that there are strategic plans that you have to make. There are things that you have to do ahead of time in every single area, whether you're in finance, artillery, or infantry. Um, I forget the thing that they call to give out the uniforms and stuff. Yeah. Yes, yes. So it doesn't matter what area that you're in. Every single part plays a role in having success in the overall uh, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, whatever branch you may be in. So every single thing that's done there is an idea, there's a plan behind it, and any area that is not functioning, then it, it affects the whole. But I've also learned that everybody was not meant to be on the battlefield. And that's I, I want to talk about that today. Everybody was not meant to be on the battlefield. There's clear uh, indications of that in the Word of God, and I want to share that with you, because I think sometimes we can get, um, we can get ourselves in a, in a pinch about things that we perceive, but it's not, it's really meant to be that way. Now, where I want to start is in the book of Judges, because 
one of the times that you are the most vulnerable, and I'm saying this particularly in light of some of the testimonies that we got, one of the times that you are the most vulnerable, you know, as believers is after a great victory. And so we really got to be mindful of what we, you know, the season that we're in and the things that the Lord allows us to go through because your most vulnerable time is not when you're going through the suffering, but it's when you have come through the suffering and you have a victory. That is when you are the most vulnerable because you're not looking for a distress. You're not looking for trials and things because you just went through it. So now you are celebrating the victory and sometimes your, your period of separation will be as uh, not separation, but your period of victory will be as long as the time that you actually went through. And I'm going to show you that in the word of the Lord, because this ministered to me. So, you know, I figure if it ministered to me, maybe that's the Holy Spirit's way of wanting me to share it with you. So if you go to the book of Judges, but I'm going to read this from the Amplified. Judges chapter five. Now, we've all heard of, and maybe you have not, uh, Deborah. Deborah, I think she was called the way the name is pronounced in the word of the Lord. But we say Deborah. Um, in the American language, but Deborah was a, a great military strategist. She was fearless. She was a woman who actually led the Israelite army. And again, again and I'm not talking about that today, but you guys know I, I am a huge believer in women being in ministry. And, uh, and I think if a woman can be on the battlefield, how in the world are you going to convince me that they can't be in ministry? I mean, it just don't even make common sense. I mean, some things, you it, it shouldn't even be arguable. I mean, if a woman can lead an Israelite army, how in the world can you convince me that she don't belong in ministry? I mean, it's not ministry warfare. But anyway, I'm not even going to go there. Let, let, me, let, me, let me stay focused on what I want to talk about. So now, in uh, Judges chapter 5, and I'm going to start at verse 1. Here you have a song that was written uh, by Deborah, and it's a song... Of, uh, it's a song of thanksgiving and praise. They had just won a battle. And so she was kind of, her song was kind of written to thank those that had been in battle. Sort of like what we did last week. She was thanking those. I mean, look at the very first verse. It says, second verse, it says, For the leaders who took the lead in Israel, for the people who volunteered for battle, bless the Lord. I, that's, I mean, I could just stop right there. Because that is, that is, I mean, that's just amazing to me. That she was... She didn't take for granted a one moment anybody spent in warfare, but she said even the volunteers, the ones that may have not been on the front lines, but the ones who are working behind the scenes. She said this is to everybody, bless the Lord. Now, so if you go down to the very last verse of that chapter, now I want you, the very part B, it says, and the land was at rest for 40 years. So now, all of us know that 40 is representative of a time of testing. Jesus said 40 days in the wilderness. Israelites wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. So now the Bible says, and the land was at rest for 40 years. So now after a great victory, I mean, after they went struggled and, you know, went through all the things that they went through, God uh, finally sent two people that led the army. And actually, Barak was the one who was supposed to lead the army, but he said to Deborah, you know, I'm not going to lead. You lead them where you go, I'm going to go. So now, I think that was an amazing victory to have. They had 40 years of, of rest. But now, this is what I want to say. It's important that we, as, as parents, as leaders in ministry, we've got to make sure that the message goes on to the next generation 
of what we went through to get the victory. Because if we do not, the next generation, they won't get it. They will not understand the relevance of it. They won't understand the importance of it. They, they, if you're not telling them the stories, like Cheryl was giving her testimony this morning, if you're not telling your family the same thing, the stories of how God delivered, you know, the things that you went through, the smaller the things that to other people may seem completely unimportant, but if you're not telling them the stories, even in the book of Deuteronomy, they said, listen, pass this information on to the following generations so that they will know on this day, this is a day that we're going to give thanks. But now this is what was forgotten. Because if you look at chapter one, chapter 6, verse 1. Now listen to what it says. Then the Israelites did evil in the sight of the Lord. This to me is so telling. Because now you spend all of these years going through the things that you're going through. You finally get your victory. But you get so excited that maybe you don't tell or everybody else about what you went through. Maybe you're not giving your testimony. Maybe you are so tied up into your victory and what God has done for you that you're not saying anything to anybody else. So what happens? The generations that follow, they don't remember the struggle. We've got, we've got young African-Americans right now that don't even know I mean, not, they may know the name of Martin Luther King, but they don't even know what he did. They have no idea of the struggle. I mean, I know because I was living at the time that he was here. I know the struggle. I lived in the South. I fully understand it. And believe me when I tell you, I made sure that my children understood never, ever take anything for granted. Because when you have not, listen, when people have not gone through a struggle, they may not understand, you know, what it's like, you know, to be discriminated against, to be, to have to run and hide behind trees, to have somebody to spit in your face and have it running down your face and not to be able to get, not even get a job, but to even be interviewed for a job because of the way that you look. They, they may not understand how detrimental that can be uh, to your spirit. So it is incumbent upon us to make sure that they understand the struggle. And this is what happened right here. They did not remind their children of what they had went through. And after spending so many years of being at peace, the Bible says they did evil in the sight of the Lord. And now this is where, this is where Gideon came in. I also want you to know that Trey and I was talking about this yesterday, and he kind of laughs at me sometimes because I'm just a person of order. I mean, I believe in it, not because I'm stuck on order, but I know that's how God operates. So God has certain things in place so because he wants to do certain things. So he demands certain things of us before he moves. Now, if we do it, he will move. If we not, he will withdraw or the Holy Spirit will withdraw. The Holy Spirit in many times have withdrawn his presence because we did not honor his presence being in the sanctuary. I tell people all of the time, whether it's one, two, three, 3,000, when we come into this place, I'm talking about us right now. When we come into this place, we not only have a have a uh, an opportunity to worship we have a responsibility to worship yeah. do, do y'all understand it's not just the opportunity we are responsible for worship now it, it may seem that we are talking to one another or giving a testimony to one another but listen once your words or your praise goes into the atmosphere god can use that to be a blessing to anybody that's in this hotel yes. So we can't take for granted, 
You know, when we lift our hands in adoration to God, we can't take for granted, well, it's only six or seven of us here. I mean, so we just go through this and get it over. No, 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 no. Because now you are missing the whole idea of warfare. Yes, yes, yes. You're missing it because the Bible says, right now, you you tell me, Trey, I know you 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 exegete the word just like I do. It says, put on the whole arm of God. Is there anywhere in the Bible that tells us to take it off? No, never. We are never, ever, ever, you know, given instructions or admonished to take off the arm of God because we are always in warfare. And we've got to understand that when you're on your job, you're in warfare. You know, when you're in your home, you're in warfare. When you're at church, you're in warfare. So we have to put on the whole arm of God. We have to realize that we are in a fight. But we have the victory. We're in a fight. But we have the victory. Now, let me say this as well. One of the things that the enemy does, he distracts. So now he wants, as soon as it's time for the word of God. I used to notice this when I was at First Church of God in Christ. I, I, you know, because I was sitting in the pulpit. Now, y'all know how Kojic is. All of the preachers sit in the pulpit. So you get a chance. And I mean, there are good things and bad things about it. But now the good thing about it is you get a chance to look at the audience. And sometimes I would sit there, me and, me and uh, Gaynor, Nate Gaynor, Pastor Gaynor, we would sit beside one another, and we would be like, watch this. We knew, Nikki, the ones that was going to fall asleep. No, we knew. I mean, I'm telling you, you if you saw them when that organ was going, and y'all know a coach, they got to have that B3. They got to, I'm telling you, got to have that B3. Now, so they would shout all over the church, and I'm telling you, Pat, it was just like clockwork. They didn't wait just for the word of God. They started during offering time. Oh, yeah. they got. It's almost like all of that music that was playing, they would dance all over the floor, wig falling off, and get turned backwards, pushing their teeth back up in their head because they were false. But now all of that, but now when it came time for giving and receiving the word of the Lord, you see that service slowly but surely kind of dwindle down. And here's the funny part. Giving is a part of warfare, just like worship is. And people just don't understand. It's not, it's not so much they used to say, well, we're going to change the order of service. What does that even mean? What does it mean? How, how do you do that? How do you change the order of service? So that means it's time to give less service to God? I mean, I don't know what it means. No, I'm serious. I really don't know it. We're going to change it now. We, we have praise. We have dance. So now it's time to slow everything down because it's time to give. And to me, that should be one of the most exciting parts of the service because this is when you get to sow seed to get something back. But people use that time, Cheryl, to, to start bringing things down. Now, when it comes down for the word of the Lord, this is when the enemy gets in your ears. He's, he's going to say one of two things. You've heard this before. You've heard this before. So I'm going to wait till pastor gets to a certain part, then I get with him. But see, here's the problem. When you get ahead of people, now if you got a road that's going like this, because you might think they're going over here, what's going to happen if they go over here? And this is what happens. We, 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 pre, uh, we pre-select what we want to listen to. And I'm saying this because I want you to be aware when it's time for the word of God, that is the most um, stringent part of warfare that you're going to go through because the enemy don't want you to hear the word because the word is what gives you power and victory. Yes, yes. 
It's the word of God that gives you power. Listen, in the Old Testament, I mean, even in Judges, the priests would go out before their army before they went to fight the priests. It wasn't the best fighters. It was the men of God that went out before the military went out. There was a reason for that. Listen, there were even, Trey, rules of warfare. There were rules of warfare. I'm, I'm going to show it to you. So when people talk about Gideon, people believe that it was a very amazing thing when God came to Gideon and you know he had the 32,000. Y'all know the story, right? And he kept telling him, well, it's too many. So he said, well, I want you to do this. Now, let me get to that part. So uh, when he when he went to Gideon, he said, there are too many. So I want you to do this. Any man that is fearful and afraid, tell him he can go home. So now we look at that story as God preparing the army for victory. He was, but he was also quoting what they should have known, which was the rules of warfare. That was not the first time that God said that. That was actually one of the rules of warfare that was given to the children of Israel before they went into battle. You don't believe it? Go to Deuteronomy. I want to show you all this. It was a rule of warfare. So now Gideon should have fully understood exactly what was happening. He shouldn't have been surprised. He should not even have needed a sign. But that's how we are. Sometimes we get a little, you know, we, you know, we get a little unbelieving in what God has said. So now, if you look at uh, Deuteronomy chapter 20. Now, it has a little, a little subtitle over that, over that chapter. It says, Instructions for Soldiers. Now, I want you to look. I don't know what it has in your Bible, but it says, Instructions for Soldiers. So this means this. There were certain things because God already knew that there would be, there you go, the principles for governing warfare. This was an established thing that God had given Moses to give to the children of Israel, not just for that moment, but he knew in future times they would be involved in warfare and there were certain things that they should do before they went out to war, you know, to make sure that they are following the patterns that had been set in heaven. You got to understand this. When we go into warfare now, there are certain things that God expects us to do. Now, we didn't have this a thing right here, instructions for warfare in Deuteronomy, but now we have Ephesians chapter 6, and it says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. This is why, Cheryl, I don't understand when people don't know what to do when it comes time, you know, to go before the Lord when they have to, you know, be engaged in warfare with the enemy. You are given instructions. Yeah. You are told what to do. You don't have to guess. You don't have to wonder. You don't even have to worry about winning because we're already guaranteed the victory. Trey, how would you like to be? You have a box. Well, box, here's the thing with boxers. They, they never really want to get hit, but they study their opponent because they want to see what their weaknesses are. Now, wouldn't it be nice to know you don't even have to go through all of that? Because, I mean, imagine going into a fight. You go into a prize fight. Let's say the person is... How much you believe in God for? No, tell me. 30 million, is that what it was? More? Tell me. What, what is it? Why are you looking at Nick? I'm talking to you. Tell me what you believe in God for. <laughs> I'm just, I, why? Okay, so, so it's more than 30 million. Okay, so now you're in a fight. 
So now, the moment that you confess what you believe in God for, then it becomes against your words. You do know that, right? So now, knowing that, what, isn't it something to, to think, I've got to make sure I do this, otherwise I'm going to lose? Wouldn't it be nice to know that you have been given instructions on exactly what to do to win? Now, all you have to do is to put on the armor. It didn't even tell you to fight. It, to, it told you that to stand. Which basically means this. The ground that you believe in God for is already yours. Just don't let nobody take it. Do y'all get this? Y'all better get this. You are standing. Now, in military terms, when you are making a stand, that means you have already taken something. And you are not going to allow the enemy to take it back. Do y'all get this thing? You are already. I'm feeling this thing now. You are already more than conquerors. That's, that's bait. It's done. So now, the, the Bible says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to do what? Stand. Haven't done all what? Stand. So now, I mean, think about this. You've got the victory. You've got it. It's yours. It's, it's already done. You've got that money already. You don't see it yet, but I'm telling you, you got it. If God made a promise to you, it's baked. It's done. Now, you know I'm believing God with you. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Three million dollars ties, let the church say. Amen. I know that's right. But now, but you've got to believe. So you are not fighting to get the money. You are standing so the enemy don't take what's already been, you know, allocated to you. Yes. The moment that you gave God what he asked for, that's faith. That moment God distributed to you in the realm of the spirit what you asked for. Yes. So now. Our responsibility is to give God. Listen, this is why when I come in here, man, even on these sore arthritic knees, man, I'm bouncing around. No, I'm serious. I'm bouncing around and I'm moving because I realize I've got the victory. Yeah. It's done. I mean, it's done. It does not matter who's here. Come on, somebody say it's done. It's done. It's, it's a done deal. So now, when God told the Israelites in the book of Deuteronomy, he said, now these are the rules of warfare. This is going to bless you. you. Listen to this. And it shall be, when you come nigh to the battle, now listen to this, that the priest shall approach and speak unto the people. Mm -hmm. So now the priest is standing right here. Mm -hmm. And I'm speaking unto you today. Let me keep reading. And shall say unto them, Hear, O Israel, you approach this day unto battle against your enemies. Let not your hearts faint. Fear not. Yeah. <laughs> Do y'all get this? Yeah. This was done bef way before uh, Gideon came about. This was done way before Gideon was even known about. He says, fear not and do not tremble. Neither be terrified because of them. For the Lord your God, he that goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. Now, and the officers shall speak unto the people saying, now listen. What man is there that had built a new house and have not dedicated it? Let him go home. Lest he die in the battle and, and another man should dedicate it. If a man has planted, planted a vineyard and has not yet eaten of it, let him go home. Here's what God was saying. You don't bring anybody on the battlefield that's going to be distracted by the things of this world. The, the battlefield is, listen, it's not only your life that's at stake. But when you and I was in the artillery unit, now we had these huge shells that you had to load into this, um, this thing, into the breech block. It's called a breech block. Now we had to be instructed on what to do after.
after we loaded this shell. Because now here's what happens. That piece of artillery, when you loaded it and pulled the uh, lever to, to shoot it off, if you stood behind it, you would die. Because there was a recoil that was so powerful that it would literally cut your body in half. So now you needed to know you've got to load this, but then you need to stand to the side and let the weapon do what the weapon does. Do, do y'all get this thing? So now, there are things that God does because he's just God and he's going to do what he does. But now you've got to do what God has commanded you to do. Put on the whole armor of God, then you make a stand. Yes. Then he told, he said to the officers, well, he said to the officers to say to the people, what man is there that has built it? Well, let me go forth. Verse 7. And what man is he that has betrothed a wife and have not taken her or been, you know, been intimate with her? Let him go home unto his house. Last thing you need is a man <laughs> that just got married. He's not had a chance to be with his wife. He is not thinking about move forward, take the take ground. He's thinking about that fine wife <laughs> that he has at home. So, you know, the officer said, if there's anybody here like that, you go home. Now, once you have you know, done what you needed to do, then you're ready to come back. But now, we don't need distractions on the battlefield. Now, that'll preach all by itself. We don't need distractions on the battlefield. The battlefield is for people that are focused on what God has said, and they're ready to do whatever it takes to make sure that victory comes. Let me go even further. Verse 8. Um, oh, yeah, here it is. And the officers shall speak further unto them, saying, now, if you put your finger here and go back to Deuteronomy chapter 20, it's the same exact thing. And they shall say, what man is there that is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go and return unto his house, lest his brother's heart faint as well as his heart. Look at the impact that unbelief can have on the people that you're touching. I mean, look at the He's saying, if you are afraid, you don't belong on the battlefield because Pat, not only are you going to get killed, you're going to get somebody else killed. That's why people, listen, I want a person like Trey. If I got to do an alley fight, a fight in the alley, I want a person like Trey because I know he ain't scared. I mean, that's what you need. But now you get somebody that's scared and say, what are we going to do? They're going to get killed themselves and they're going to get you killed. So God is saying, if you are not ready, if you are not prepared, you know, I love you. You know, you're going to be in heaven with me, but you need to get off the battlefield. You cannot operate on the battlefield afraid. That is the one thing that God does not listen. God is saying this. I cannot acknowledge fear and faith in the same in the same space. Now, if you're going to be afraid, you need to go home. Now, Trey, you my boy, but if you're scared, we can't roll together. Now, I'm just being straight. We can't because, see, not only will you get yourself killed, because here's what happens. You make decisions that a person that's afraid will make. And they're not thinking about the person they're with. They're thinking about saving themselves. And if you're on the battlefield, you need to be more concerned about how your actions is going to impact the people around you. Pastor Mary said it best last week. You need to check your crowd. <laughs> no, you, you really do. I mean, I, man, I received that. That word was rich to me. You really need to check the crowd because here's the thing. People around you that's not anointed to be around you will get you killed. And he gave the instructions here. And I'm ending here. I didn't want to preach long. But I wanted to pre I wanted you to get this thing. There is something, there are rules that God has given even when you're going to engage in warfare. There are, th pet, there are things that you're supposed to do. If you will just follow the instructions, God will give you the victory. 
Because here's the thing. Gideon's 300 didn't fight nobody. They didn't raise a sword. As a matter of fact, they weren't even allowed to take the sword with them. They took a light and they took a picture. The craziest thing I ever heard of in my life. I'm telling you, that is like the craziest thing I've ever heard of in my life. You're facing an army of some hundred thousand and you got 300 people and you're going there with a picture and a light. That is the craziest. But here's what they didn't know. That there were angels stationed all around them. Waiting for them to obey the commands that God had given. Listen, we've got angels all around us right now. And they are just looking for somebody to believe what God has already said. If you would just believe the things that God has said, it's not you that would have to fight. The angel's going to fight, but you have to stand. So you're standing. Why? Because you, listen, do you remember when Elisha told God, well, then told God, but he asked God to open the eyes of this young man? He wasn't afraid at all. But now he realized that either father, you get this guy out of here, or you now I mean now think about it. He was afraid. This guy was shook. So I guess Elisha was saying, one of two things are gonna happen. Either you're gonna open this young man's eyes or he gotta go. Because he's gonna get both of us killed. So God opened up his eyes, and what did he see? He saw a host of angels and camp chariots and everything and camped round about them. I wonder what would happen if God opened our eyes so that we could really see these mighty warriors, even right now, that are stationed around this hotel. I mean, just because, listen, the word of God goes forth, and the word of God brings power. So it doesn't just stay in this room. It goes forth into the spirit realm. So now when we speak faith, the angels are commissioned to take that word. Listen, we sometimes, how many of you have ever been awakened in the middle of the night and the Lord told you to go and pray, but you didn't know why? Anybody besides me? Oh yeah, because that's, that's a time of warfare. So now, it doesn't mean because you are awakened to pray, Trey, that it's somebody in your household or even somebody in this country. It could be somebody in a complete other country, but because you are, you are really one that fight on the front line, God can trust your prayers. So he will commission an angel to go to Trenton. He said, listen, I need you to go and wake up Trey because we got somebody in Iran, believers in Iran, that there's a military army getting ready to come against them. I can trust the prayers of Trey. My God, can you imagine when you get to heaven and that memorial that's been written about you that you don't even know about? I said in that Facebook post that I uh, put out yesterday or the day before, we don't even really know the impact that we're having on the lives of people. We don't know. I mean, sometimes it's a small little word that we say. I, I just I just still remember some of the things that some friends on Facebook have said to me that totally, I didn't even know these people, totally astonished me. I didn't even know they were following. I didn't even know they were friends. Totally astonished me. It's like the ones that were supposed to come to come to the event, but they couldn't come because their mother had to preach. But she told me and Darlene, she said, you know, I will always be there for you guys. I've never met this person. They live in Virginia. I will always be there for you guys. You don't know. You and uh, Lady Darlene helped me through a very dark time in my life. And I will always be appreciative. I had and still don't have a clue what she was talking about. But look at how God will use you if you would be faithful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, are there are people's lives, and I heard you even testify, testify about it. There are people's lives that you touch, and you don't even know that you've... A small word, a small word... Is just the thing that person needed to get them through one more day. Yes, yes. 
You have no idea how important one word just to get a person through one more day. I remember when our grandson called me and was saying that, let me not call his name because I know this is recorded, but his friend, they were at a Dunkin' Donuts and his friend was telling him he was going to walk out onto Route 1 so that he could get hit by a car. But he had enough confidence in my prayers to say, Grandpa, will you just come here and talk to him? He said, just, you know, I know you are prayed, but, you know, I need you to come here. He said, I need you to come here and just talk to him. Not only did I talk to him then, Pat, but a couple of weeks later, he was going through the exact same thing. So this time I didn't talk. So Darlene heard me in the other room. I began, I said, now listen, young man, I'm not talking to you, so don't get offended by what I'm about to say. Then I said, you lying demon, you spirit of suicide, the blood of Jesus is against you. Before we hung up the phone, he had committed his life to the Lord. You just, when God can trust you, when God can trust you with his word, when God can trust you with prayer, you will be surprised at the lives you will touch. You may not even know about it until you get to heaven. But just by following the instructions that God has given, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand. I mean, but look at how things are linked. This young man trusted his friend because his grandmother trusted him. And he came to church and he saw his parents coming to church. And so he believed that there was something to this coming to church thing. So now years later, that word that had been implanted in his heart, he knew enough to say, let me call some anointed people and believe God for my friend. Now that friend is a part of the kingdom of God. You don't know whose lives you are touching. But you've got to know and you can't be upset with people that are not called to be on the battlefield. Some people are sent home because they're not ready to fight. But God still loves them. I told Trey how some people, you can stand, I'm done. Some people, they believe that if you don't do it the way that most Christians do it, or if you don't do it the way that my denomination does it, or if you're not believing and praying the way that we pray, then, you know, I can't trust your prayers. So in the Bible, there were a group of people that were, they were going around, they saw Jesus doing it, so they decided to do it. So they were going around, they were laying hands on people and believing God for healing. So what happened? People start receiving their healing. So the disciples said, Jesus, look at them over there. They're laying hands on people. Do you want us to go over there and stop them? Jesus said, leave them alone. I want y'all to get this. He said, leave them alone. He said, there are many more of my fold, <laughs> many more that are of another fold that you don't even know about. Listen, there are people that God has selected that may look like nothing to you, but God has pre-selected them yeah. to be a blessing to somebody that we may not even know about. Yeah. Do y'all know? Do y'all believe that? Yeah. Come on, let's give God some praise, everybody. Yeah. Everybody is not meant for the battlefield. Yet they are part of the army. Are you in need of an encouraging word to start your day? Do you need someone to pray in agreement with you? Here at Restoration Christian Ministries, we offer our daily prayer call. 
Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Eastern Time, where members of our ministry team will lift you up as you head out into the course of your day. The phone number for our prayer call is 641-715-3645, and the PIN number to dial is 500-765, followed by the pound key. Be encouraged and stay encouraged with our daily prayer call at 641-715-3645. Don't forget to press 500-765 and the pound key for our prayer call at Restoration Christian Ministries. Introducing Minister Thomas Gilbert with the final word. Good evening, everyone. Uh, today I want to talk to you about uh, putting on the whole armor of God. We often say this, uh, quoting the scripture that's found in Ephesians chapter 6. Um, <clears throat> what many people don't know, though, is uh, it's also uh, a scripture from Isaiah chapter 59, around the 17th verse, where he talks about the blessed parade of righteousness and the helmet of salvation. Um, but Paul is referring um, not only to the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness. He also says some things in regard to have your loins girt about with truth, have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. We can go there. It's in Ephesians chapter six. Um, he says, uh, therefore, take up the whole armor of God, starting at the 13th verse, by the way. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. There's a period there. Many people don't recognize the period. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all preservation and supplication for all the saints. And then he goes on to make mention that you also make supplication and prayer for him. So the, the armor that we are to have really only has one weapon. That is the word of the spirit, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So your Bible, uh, if you remember in the gospels you always hear jesus whenever he combats the devil he always quotes from the word of god is it not written man shall not live by bread alone um the devil tries to come at him with the word his rebuttal is also with the word thou shall not tempt the lord thy god right so he's always he's always replying with the word we are to fight the enemy with the word but more so than that um, it says that the enemy's darts. So when we want him to back up, we use the word, but it says he sends his darts. Our faith is our shield. So our faith, when the enemy is throwing doubt at you, when he's coming at you, um, not just with doubt, but trying to provoke you to be angry or to lash out, you are to remember your faith. You are to take uh, your faith and raise your faith up. You see, the Romans used to have this shield. And then one thing that they would do with their shield is they were, they were very serious about their gear. And so if there was a hole in their shield, they were always patching the hole. You have to patch the holes in your faith. You see what I'm saying? And you have to do that when you don't necessarily 
uh, need to raise your shield up because if there's a hole, then a, a dart can get through that, an arrow, so to speak. Um, he says, take the helmet of salvation. Yeah, salvation needs to be on your mind. You need to be salvation minded. Um, in other words, you need to, to, to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Take, take, uh, take count of yourself, uh, lest you not be counted among, you know, the worthy, like you, you need to have your salvation on your mind. You need to be thinking about that constantly. Am I pleasing unto the Lord? The breast, the breastplate of righteousness, I always have trouble saying breastplate, uh, the breastplate of righteousness. Um, you also need to put that on. This is the issues of your heart, right? You need to guard your heart because the heart, like every other piece of the human body, can callous. And you don't want it to callous. You don't want the issues of life to beat on you and it'll make your heart harden. And a hard heart is hard to work with. God, it's... It, 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 it's um, like stubbornness. And so you have to you have to guard your heart, your your uh, you, you gird your loins about, excuse me, with truth. Uh, loins being girt about with truth is, is being able to stand in truth, to, to let God be true and every man be a liar. You have to stand in truth. You have to have that wrapped around your waist. It's your midsection. Uh, your feet shod in the preparation of the gospel speaks to uh, being someone who brings peace into a situation, into an atmosphere. Wherever you go, you change the atmosphere. You don't let the atmosphere change you. It also speaks to um, to the word peace in the Greek has a slight definition where it means to join together. So you are joining people together with this gospel. You are bringing the body of Christ together into oneness. And so when we take on the whole armor of God, you have to understand the aspects. It's not just something that we're saying just to be said. It is something that is serious. So God bless you. I pray that this has blessed you this evening. You have a great night. Thank you for listening to this episode of Restoration Place on the King James Radio Network. We hope that you have been encouraged and until next time, little prayer, little power. Lot of prayer, lot of power. No prayer, no power. Have a blessed week. Celebrate Halloween with dressed up donuts from Dunkin'. Like the spooky sweet Halloween spider donut. Trick or treat. Aren't you a little bit old to be trick or treating? Uh, no. This is, uh, it's just a really good, uh, costume. Anyway, I hear you're giving out Dunkin' Spider Donuts? Didn't I just see you with your kid? No, that was just, uh, my friend. Psst, Dad, is it working? Run to Dunkin' all month long for the Halloween Spider Donut and get 10 Munchkin's Donut Hole Treats for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Limited time offer. Participation may vary. Celebrate Halloween with dressed up donuts from Dunkin', like the spooky sweet Halloween spider donut. Trick or treat. Aren't you a little bit old to be trick or treating? Uh, no. This is, uh, it's just a really good, uh, costume. Anyway, I hear you're giving out Dunkin' spider donuts? Didn't I just see you with your kid? No, that was just, uh, my friend. Psst. Dad, is it working? Run to Dunkin' all month long for the Halloween Spider Donut and get 10 Munchkin's Donut Hole Treats for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Limited time offer. Participation may vary.